Hello humans, hello humans. Reasonably early in the morning. A little after nine, like a couple minutes after nine. 27 degrees on the beach. Very, very, very cold. The only saving grace is no wind. So that was pretty good. But, very cold. So I had a, um, I had a question from a guy that is not, um, it's not obviously answered. It doesn't um, uh, automatically spring to mind when you just, when you think about it. But the question basically is this, that, uh, okay, so we understand that if you live a uh, very active life and you have a big impact on lots of people, uh, then you will have a long um, metempsychosis in which you will have a long um, good sleep, right? Your long sleep uh, to recover and get all the um, uh, processing done from that because you've had a huge impact and you've got to work it all out and, and distill it down into a, um, a single drop of um, intuition. But the question arises, okay, so uh, you have a big impact uh, on the planet, and uh, so maybe you're going to be in your long sleep for a thousand years or something, right? A long time. And then, uh, then you'll come back out. Now, uh, okay, so the question is, what happens uh, to your uh, long sleep for those people whose efforts are still active in the world even though they're dead and so uh, we can apply that to like um, uh, any of the great painters you know Leonardo da Vinci you know Manet uh, Monet Van Gogh all these guys right because we're still enjoying their artwork even though these fellows are dead same thing is true of all of the uh, musicians you know um, Think of any, you know, Michael Jackson, any of these guys that, whose uh, music is still active and people are still listening to it, even though the guys are dead. And so does that lengthen their long sleep because there's people uh, actively being involved in their output while they were here in this life? And no, it does not. Okay, that's the simple answer. It does not lengthen uh, your long sleep at all. It, it in no way uh, alters the uh, time parameters that we are aware of. Uh, so, what does happen, uh, and you can check this out in um, Thinking and Destiny, Harold Percival's book, there's a free PDF online. Um, what does happen is that such beneficial and presumably even negative, but uh, if you had something negative that was affecting people after you were dead, you know, so like uh, maybe because Fauci involved himself in the creation of the spike protein and he and his um, chief of staff uh, worked to 
facilitate those labs to put the spike protein into a coronavirus and that coronavirus with the spike protein as well as the spike protein and the mRNA and all of the shots and stuff will continue to kill people and damage them long after Falke is dead, uh, it may indeed also impact him that way in a negative fashion. But here's what happens in a positive fashion. And we see examples of this being uh, proffered in reality uh, from ancient religions. But what happens is that such activities that are affecting humans uh, while you are in your metempsychoses, that is, between lives, will impact you, but not until the next life. So, um, so we can think of this as sort of like uh, pay it forward, right? In the sense that those individuals who had a very positive impact on lots of humans that continues while they are dead will, when they reincarnate, they will have a more favorable position. They will come in loaded, so to speak, like preloaded to some degree in some areas. So just because uh, Michael Jackson was a music genius in this life and had that uh, uh, impact after his death, and you can substitute any other dead musician here, it doesn't matter who you're talking about, Grateful Dead, anybody, you know. But just because he had that impact while he was dead in his metempsychoses and it's continuing and will even continue into his next life, uh, presumably, but maybe not. I'll explain that in a second. But uh, what it does is that it, that, that um, positive vibration, if you will, continuing after your death impacts your next incarnation. And it impacts your next incarnation uh, positive, and we presume negatively, uh, based on the impact on the people um, while you are in your metempsychoses. And the um, effects of that will be uh, multitudinous. So if you have a positive effect in this life, and that positive effect extends to uh, extends at all to any degree past your death and continues, then that will affect your next incarnation in a positive way. And it need not be uh, temporally close. So Michael Jackson is uh, dead now. We're, people are still listening to his music. They're still having a positive effect on them. That positive vibration still continues. And because of the huge amount of uh, stuff he did in this life, maybe this Michael Jackson guy is going to be in his long sleep for a thousand years. So unlikely, but you know, there's some potential, but unlikely his music would still be uh, as popular a thousand years from now. You, you know, we can't say it. it may be a huge revival kind of thing, right? Uh, way ancient music coming into, in, back into vogue. But nonetheless, it does not have to be temporally um, coincident with his uh, re-emergence as a new human a thousand years from now. Uh, so in other words, you bank it. So even if his music was to fade out 450 years from now and no one ever, ever, ever listened to any of his music or ever even thought about it, there would still be a positive benefit for his next life. 
these positive benefits take a number of different um, forms. So it might be that you are well positioned. All right, so they, they go into well positioned, well active, and, and sometimes you'll read them as healthy, uh, especially in the yoga literature. Healthy position, healthy active um, uh, descriptors of these various different categories by which um, the activities that of that vibration that continues while you're dead will affect your next life. So now, um, there's a bunch of unknowns about this, right? Uh, so the, the well positioned means a favorable birth, right? You get to choose a, a good set of parents that will provide you with the uh, opportunities in that life uh, to go the next stage, you know, to, to uh, overcome the next thing and deal with the next issue that you've got, you know, basically um, uh, deal with your karma kind of stuff, right? And so if you're well active or healthy active, that's uh, in, an indication that you're going to be, uh, you know, that you've taken it into the physical body, this uh, positive vibration that comes to you from your previous life in this life when you were born, and you take it into your body and you have a very healthy life and uh, very few physical ailments, that sort of thing, right? So you can take these things in in a number of ways. Um, you could have a well social, and isn't, they don't really call it that in the... Um, uh, the yoga literature, but that's basically what um, uh, all you kids would would understand it as. That you could be born in such a way that uh, your life will be uh, again filled with a very large uh, healthy effect on the society, a very large social effect. Right. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have necessarily lots of contacts. Uh, you could live in a cave and come up with one brilliant beautiful idea that somehow gets out because you write it on a rock and throw it out there and and you would get these benefits because that idea would spread so rapidly because it was just such a beautiful idea so the it need not be physical uh, you need not come out looking uh, you know uh, incredibly beautiful all of this kind of stuff it does not necessarily translate that way maybe in this next life you've got to deal with uh, and learn the lesson of what it is to be relating to humans when you are physically uh, ugly and when you're physically deformed, all right? So this is a karmic lesson that you might need to, to learn, but nonetheless, you're well-favored and you are well-born and uh, well-social. Uh, and so you end up, um, even though you are, are uh, not the best-looking uh, frog in the pond, uh, you learn your, your lessons that way, and it is favorable in the sense that you've pre-banked these uh, favorable vibrations that impact that lesson. So maybe you learn it quicker, maybe it's not as deep, whatever whatever it is that your, your situation needs. Um, and so now we see that this is a real thing. Okay, so I'm of the opinion that yoga, all forms of it, are a small remnant of a real system that all of the forms of yoga are just what has come th through to us uh, through the last ice age uh, into modern humanity through the last great transition. But it is still a remnant. It is an incomplete, um, full of holes kind of system. But even so, we see that within the yoga literatures, they discuss um, some of these issues, and we see that those 
practitioners of yoga that get real serious about it, you know, Tibetan monasteries, this kind of thing, they they do things to um, work this as a system. And so what they might might do, and you'll see this frequently, is that they will have many mm, remembrance days through the year. And in the remembrance days, they will uh, recount the names of all the, the Rinpoches, all of the enlightened beings that were part of their monastery going all the way back far, right? All of, who knows how long their lineage is, but everybody will recite it. They'll tell stories about each of these guys, and uh, everybody will have them in their mind and will deal with that and, and reflect uh, and amplify that vibration. Very much in the same way that we would see such things occur in, you know, uh, giant rock concerts, that kind of thing, where 50,000, 60,000 people get together and they're all in that same vibration. In the, and true, it's a form of magic, but in this case, I mean, and magic is neutral, right? You can use it for good or evil, it doesn't matter. But in this case, though, the Rinpoche's uh, lives are uh, reflected upon, and it is this you know, there's lots of different reasons. So you, you get to train the monks, you know, you give them uh, some instructions from the, you know, as lessons from that one guy's life. But really the idea is um, to discuss and bring forward that vibration such that it is maintained, such that we uh, impact the Rinpoche's next life, such that we may benefit from that being coming back into this reality. Now, you have to understand that we are a um, trivalent being. There are three parts of us. There is the uh, knower, the thinker, so you don't think in your brain. Your brain connects to the thoughts. They're delivered to you. And you can actually take advantage of this if you read um, Thinking and Destiny. You actually can find techniques for accurately thinking uh, very precisely and very well. In any event, though, so we have a knower, we have a thinker, and then we have a doer. Now, we're really big, gigantic chunks of consciousness, our knowers and our thinkers and our doers. We're so big that our doer has to be split up into, into 12 parts um, because the doer in the body, you can't shove the whole doer into the body. The only part you can put in there is a 1 12th segment of that doer. Thus, every human you meet is but one, has, has 11 other counterparts, okay? So they would be five of one sex and six of the other, whatever sex uh, is you're dealing with. So if you're dealing with a woman, uh, then there's five other females and six males as um, her uh, uh, other components to the doer. And so her doer, uh, you're just looking at one of the female components of that doer in a body at this moment. And so we do these in rotation, and it's uh, alternating in, in gender, and it's a rotating series. So I am born now um, male. My, the next life in which myself will emerge will be female. And then thereafter, another male. But that male will not be me, this, this personality per se, uh, in a body. It, it will be a different male that will have different characteristics and different core 
uh, aspects uh, of its personality. And then eventually, you know, uh, female, male, female, male, etc., then we rotate back around to me and I get reborn again. And so thus you can see that there is ad could be adequate time because there's um, 12 parts of me, the, this part that is inhabiting this body and this body's life uh, might not get reborn just in terms of... Um, uh, a series. If each of those bodies were long-lived, each of my other 11 were long-lived, and they each lived to be 100, then it would be 1,100 years before I could get reborn. Now, if they pop off real quick, uh, then it would be necessarily uh, sooner. But a lot of that is going to all depend on what is necessary for my long sleep. And, hey, let me tell you, you guys have been a real pain in the ass. It's taken a lot of energy out of me to come back and deal with you fuckers these last few years. And we have yet to even get to uh, the really interesting parts of World War WEF or the space aliens. So I can expect that I'm in for a long sleep, right? Uh, so I suspect that, and uh, see, it's all interrelated. So my next 11 incarnations as part of myself um are likely to be long-lived simply because my current personalities, bodies, uh, soul slice doer in the body is going to need a long rest. And so it's not going to just be sleeping for a hundred years. It's going to need a long rest. And so in that case, then it is likely that those other bodies will also be long-lived good, bad, or indifferent. So you can be long-lived and it can be terrible, right? You could live a hundred years and suffer 98 of those years, right? So so long life is not necessarily a good thing. Uh, we usually, the, the smart humans here, we phrase this as, uh, I want to die um, very young at a very advanced, advanced age. So I want to die young, but I want to be old. Right? So I want to have a physically young body and, and be able to do everything right up to the last minute and then keel over and not worry about it. And in my opinion, that's the best way to go. In any event, though, so, um, so this is what happens for those people. You know, so Da Vinci, right? Da Vinci's artwork is going to be uh, multiple, maybe tens of thousands of years. And so it will affect that individual's um, uh, doer in the body and it will affect all 12 parts but that 12th that was the actual painter of those uh, and drawer and so on that, that was actually that personality da Vinci will be impacted uh, repeatedly in, in all of his, his next lives and we know he's going to be male all of his next lives because of the work that he put out in that previous one and its continuing impact on all of us guys. And so this is a good thing. So you can like, uh, so if you're um, a video gamer, you sort of understand the concept, right? What you're doing is you're like preloading your character with all of the magic, you know, uh, stuffs, right? The magic toadstool or the magic caterpillar or whatever the hell it is that you gotta collect, right? Little magic golden star thingies, I don't know. Anyway, but you, you sort of preload your character so that when you're born, you have more favorable circumstances uh, that propel you along 
as uh, your personality needs it and as your uh, uh, karma um, guides, right? As it, as it helps you flow in through the various things that happen in a life. And that's just basically the way these things work. So uh, the, the question was very astute, right? Um, it, the question goes to a, um, a real bit of insight that indeed we live in something that could be thought of at one level, at a vibrational level, not like a mechanical. Uh, it can be thought of as a mechanical process that's done through vibration and through uh, cellular uh, automaton. Okay, so by little tiny bits all aggregating together and doing their thing, uh, we get large amounts of stuff to occur. And that's what's going on. So we don't have to build a giant machine in order to create this universe. We only have to, to understand and create the pulse, and then everything else flows from that as the pulse does its stuff, and complexity grows over time. Now, uh, there are many... Uh, all right, so there's a lot of guys that go on uh, uh, spiritual journeys, uh, and, and a lot of women as well, they want to know what's going on, and, and we see movies about all of this, people write books about all of this kind of stuff, and, uh, you know, this, this great spiritual quests, and, you know, uh, people seeking the meaning of life and all of that, right? At one level, it is meaningful to say, and we get meaning from the idea that, um, or from a, from a bunch of connected ideas. The connected ideas are that we live in the realm of change, that the materium that we live in here now, this place where matter exists, only exists to facilitate change, and that the rest of universe is what we would call the realm of the permanent, okay? Uh, there's no change in there. Change is very, very, very difficult to um, get to have happen. And so when a human changes, very great things occur. But in any event, though, so this is the realm of change. The other area is the realm of permanence. Most of the time in permanence, you're dealing with what you've gone through in the realm of change. And the whole point, it comes down to seeing what would happen, what will actually manifest. So basically, uh, universe is sitting out there thinking, and that's its thinking goes to the idea that um, something may occur. That if we put together all of these elements, then including randomness, including odd chance, including uh, odd interaction and random interaction and all this kind of stuff, if we put all of this together, then something will occur. But we don't know what that something is. And that is universe's great addiction okay, is uncertainty, not knowing, uh, not understanding, and wanting to, to see what would actually manifest given these possibilities and probabilities. So this is another one of those things. So I know the future is forming ahead of me, and I'll get into that in another talk, because I think I'm drilling in on some of the uh, time, or some of the widths and measurements. 
but I know the future is manifesting ahead of me and does not exist. Ergo, there is no time travel. So there's no future being out there with a machine that can go backwards in time because that being does not yet exist in that future because that future does not yet exist. Uh, so, and the past is, of course, non-existent because it's dead the minute that we, we leave it and we can't return to it, right? So, all of these things, the... Uh, the mechanistic nature of our reality, or the, that we can think of it in a mechanistic nature here in the material, uh, is not, um, not accidental. Okay, so we need to discover this. So at one level, universe wants to know, will all the humans discover how universe is operating? And so um, right now, you'll see that there's this thought that goes around through uh, humans that maybe we live in a simulation. And so at, at one level, I say doesn't matter if we do or not. If we are living in a simulation, it is a simulation that is manufactured through the vibration of the ether, not through any kind of an actual physical computer anywhere, right? So it's not, not that sort of a thing. Um, and so it does not matter because we'll never be able to determine for sure, nor will we be able to... Um, uh, stop the simulation and deal with it in any way, shape, or form at that level. However, even into the uh, far distant past, we know that there are humans who understand and grasp the um, potential that we're, we're in like a simulation, like a computer program, and they devise these methods for affecting the program itself uh, through those uh, potentialities that we have here. So, like prayer, okay, or remembrance. Um, because you create a vibration in your mind, and that vibration goes out into universe because it is not within your brain, it's within your thinker, which is not in your body. Because of all of these things, you can affect the uh, way that consciousness is going to display a universe unfolding to you. And so you have to think real deep about it, but you could actually change the future to some degree by this understanding, and you can certainly affect, uh, quite deliberately, your next incarnation uh, in the series. And you not only affect your next incarnation, but you affect all 11 other parts of your doer in the body. So if I do really good shit here in this life, then the next uh, female version of me that gets born uh, is going to have that much better a position starting off because she gets some benefit, some preloading of my um, uh, efforts now uh, in the vibration of things, right? And then one last note here, and then I'll shut it off, and that is all of this gender queering shit is very easy to understand. And so there are times when, as we are in now, in the great shift of ages, where there are alterations in the energy balances, which is the easiest way to think about it, and some things become they slip through, okay? So there's vibrations that come through into our reality at these times that would not necessarily arrive at other times. And one of these vibrations is that you get the vibratory sense of the beings on either side of you. 
So if you're so this accounts for body dysphoria. So if you're a female and you you feel male or feel elements of maleness, then you're feeling those other male yous on either side of you in their great sleep, one preparing in the future to be born to replace you and one that you have replaced in this chain of activity. Because karma is a wheel, it keeps turning and it doesn't turn well if you take chunks out. So there will always be a you from your um, self on this planet. As one dies, another is, is preparing to be born. There's slight gaps, but not very much. And, and this is a, um, uh, the continuous wheel, right? This is the uh, never-ending uh, wheel of life. So, <laughs> you know, so it, it's complicated, uh, or it's complex, and there are complications, but it is not really a complicated system uh, per se, uh, especially as we see ourselves here replicating parts of that system within our own work. So machine level learning or uh, cellular automata learning uh, is just a reflection of the larger reality, you know, as above, so below. So we take out some of the algorithms that, that uh, control our simulation, should it be so, and we use those controls and um, algorithms within our own computer work down here. And so because I've done a lot of computer work, of course, I'm necessarily going to see the expression of algorithmic effects uh, in our reality uh, as I experience it every day. <laughs> so anyway, um, we've got some more uh, discussions uh, on this kind of subject as we go forward. Uh, the book, Thinking and Destiny, uh, if you can get through it, will prepare you for all different kinds of understandings of uh, our reality. And there's a free PDF online. Uh, it's about a thousand pages. I think it's like a thousand eighty pages. So it's not um, not a quick read, uh, but it, you'll be very thankful that you actually read it. Okay, guys, gotta go now. So gotta do a bit of work here.